Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Save our wildlife, save the environment, save our world. It all starts with a little knowledge. Welcome to Our Wild World with Ellie Weiss. There is so much that's being done and can be done with help from specialists and marginalized community groups to you. We'll discuss the future of Africa, the wildlife, and the people, and show you how it affects the entire planet. Now, here is Ellie Weiss from the Wild Eyes Foundation. Good morning and welcome to Our Wild World. This is Ellie Weiss, founder and president, chief cook and bottle washer of Wild Eyes Foundation. You can learn more about us at wildeyes.org on the net and our website, www.wildeyes.org, and learn about some of the projects that we're doing and involved in and the people that we work with. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn. We have some discussion groups going. So today I'm going to talk to you. We've been, we've been talking about a lot of different things of, over the past, uh, couple months in terms of all the ways you can get involved in conservation and the things you can do here or the projects you can get behind and help support over in Africa. There's one thing we haven't talked about yet, which is more of a direct route, and that is going on safari. I don't know if any of you are planning out there. Usually somebody is planning on going on safari at some time or not another. So I'd like to help you with um, some ideas and what to think about if you're planning on taking a trip to Africa. Um, the most important thing to think about is managing your expectations. And by understanding what your expectations are on, for your trip, that will help not only you get the most out of your trip, but help you find the best tour operator that will provide the best experience that you can get. So in choosing your tour operator, there are a lot of uh, variables to consider. There are um, a million tour operators. Okay, maybe not a million, but there are a lot. And if you decide to go to the web and start searching, you'll find so many that it becomes a little overwhelming and you get lost on what to choose. So the best thing to look for in your tour operator is where they're operating, what they offer, what kind of trips they plan for you, if they plan custom trips, or if you're joining in on a group. Um, and depending on what you want to do, uh, one of those variety, one of those uh, variables will work for you. If you want to join in on a trip, there's a lot of operators out there that have open groups, and you sign up and you go on, and uh, they give you a lot of uh, planning materials, planning uh, tips, and uh, the things that you should look for and the things that you should do. 
the best tour operator will give you a well-rounded idea of what to do, how to go about planning your trip, what you're going to see, and he should be, he or she or that company should be asking you a lot of questions about what it is you want to accomplish on your trip. Do you want to see wildlife? Is that your main focus? Do you want to do photography? Are you looking for a cultural experience and do you want to get involved in understanding what people around uh, Africa do, the different tribal experiences? Um, do you want to get involved on uh, more archaeological sites in terms of understanding history and where that is uh, in comparison today? So a variety of trips are available to you and you need to understand what, it, what your goal is and that will help your tour operator create the best trip for you. There are a variety of kinds of tour operators, um, those that uh, will tailor a trip to your expectations, uh, tailor the group trip to uh, expectations that the entire group would like to participate on, and the size of groups that they can handle, those that will help you organize your uh, flights to to and from your starting point to the destination. And you also should decide what kind of uh, transportation you want to do while you're in country, whether you want to be doing charter flights or whether you want to be transit through driving and seeing landscape and seeing country and understand the uh, variety of costs that are involved. An average trip can cost you anywhere from $8,000 on up, and that would be on-the-ground costs, and then understanding what those trips, what that trip costs includes and what it doesn't include. Your tour operator should tell you on any of the written materials that they provide what your trip includes. Um, most trips don't include personal items such as bar, um, laundry, tipping, and we'll get into that later, both of those things, because there's things you need to consider in, in traveling to another country, especially one such as Africa, where you have very different cultural aspects. And the things that we typically take for granted, uh, you need to think about a little bit more. Um, and uh, another thing to think about is uh, your shots or no shots. In traveling to many places where there's wildlife, you are going to be facing some uh, diseases or uh, aspects of health that you might not have to consider here. So there usually is a list of about 10 shots that you need to get um, that help protect you. My typical suggestion is go ahead and get them. You're going to be there for two weeks. You want to take the prophylaxis for malaria if you can. There's several kinds. And you might as well go ahead and get the majority of the shots. My thought is if you're going to be there for two weeks and you should happen to get sick or run into something that your body is not used to, why destroy a two-week trip and possibly a good portion of your health and what you're going to be heading into for the next couple of months simply because you don't want to get a shot. Um, the two weeks that you're going to be gone or three weeks or months or three months or six months, depending on what kind of trip you want to take, or even if it's the trip of a lifetime and you're going for the whole shebang and you're going to be gone six months to a year, there are things to consider. Um, for the two-week trip, go ahead and get your shots. You're protected. Most of them last five to ten years. Uh, you won't feel that much different. They hurt a little bit. You can get them all in about... Uh, Two weeks, you get half of them on one day and half of them on the other. And if you're going to have a reaction, you'll have it within a few days. So don't wait until the day before your trip or the week before your trip to, 
to get your your shots and your medicines. Plan this as well ahead as you are planning with your tour operator to get all of this under your belt, so to speak, and that if you're going to have any reactions, you're going to have reactions and get them out of your way, and you'll be able to talk with your physician. Um, so my typical advice is go ahead and get the shots and uh, be sure to bring and uh, talk with your physician and bring all the medicines you may need because you will not be able to find them easily uh, once you're on safari. Once you're on safari, you're out of the urban centers and uh, it's a whole different ball of uh, wax out there. The, the point is, is to be able to enjoy your two to three weeks. Right now we'll focus on the short-term safari. You want to be able to enjoy that without worry. So you want to bring your pharmacy um, bring any of the things that you think you may need or that you typically need during your life here. So um, that includes bringing ibuprofen, things like that, um, your medicines, all your prescriptions. Uh, and if you have insulin or you need other kinds of medications, be sure to tell your tour operator about this so that they can plan for it and be prepared, especially if medicines need to be kept cool or need to be stored properly. Then you want your tour operator to know. And a tour operator who's worth his salt will understand and should be asking you these questions so that you don't have to think of everything. That's their job, to think of it for you and to help you understand and think outside the box and the things that you'll need. Um, your personal needs, such as... Uh, uh, underclothing, um, specific diet, medicines, or if you're handicapped or challenged in any way, there are a lot of torque operators that do uh, favor or um, uh, work on trips that are geared toward people with different challenges. In uh, Namibia, I met a great tour operator who focused on people who were handicapped in the sense that either they could not walk, needed a wheelchair, or um, needed uh, s special assistance in terms of special needs and transportation. So don't let that stop you. Um, there are operators out there that do favor and gear safaris toward these needs. And uh, another thing to think about is your comfort level. Um, what are you willing to experience? Uh, what are what are the things that you need to be comfortable? Where is your comfort line where you're no longer comfortable? And I mean that in terms of sleeping tents. Uh, what kind of a lodge? Are you comfortable with dirt? Are you comfortable with not having clean hair every day? Are you comfortable not being able to put on your makeup and have a hair dryer? Every day, because on uh, your typical safari, you're not going to have electricity, or that electricity is going to be very limited and uh, will be done by generator. So your average tented camp does not have electricity. So uh, you have to think in terms of uh, the limits and uh, what you're going to be doing and what you really need. So um, when people ask me, I say leave the hair dryer and the makeup and the jewelry at home. This isn't what the trip is about. Um, if you want to take a kind of trip where you're in a high society and visiting urban areas, well, that's different. But nonetheless, be aware that uh, you don't need to bring all this stuff with you and uh, you don't need to tempt anybody by bringing expensive items, uh, personal items. I'm not talking about your camera gear, but uh, jewelry and things like that. Just leave it at home. You can live without it for a couple of weeks. Uh, so I guess that brings us into some clothing um, I'll get in a little more about what you should be wearing, but um, make it easy, make it light, make it packable, and make it 
easy to travel with. There's a lot of the ripstop nylon kind of uh, clothing uh, that you can get these days. And uh, the less you bring, the easier it is to carry, the easier it is to pack, the easier it is to wash. They have great pants out there now that zip off either into sort of like your pedal pusher type length all the way into shorts. And it's easy to zip those on and off depending on how the weather is uh, moving for you, whether you're getting hot or whether you're getting cold and during the day. So this goes back to a little bit more about your comfort level. Um, you'd really need to take a good look and, and have a good conversation with yourself about what makes me comfortable and what makes me uncomfortable. And be prepared because once you get over to Africa, it's unfamiliar. Uh, there's nothing really familiar to hang your hat onto or to hold onto. You're in a different place. You're with different cultures. It's different weather. It's different people. It's different food. So you need to be... Um, flexible and open your mind to new experiences and understand that you are on safari. You're not in a five-star hotel in an urban area that can cater to every one of your needs. So if you have special needs, you do need to let your operator know about that so that those needs can be met to a minimum and um, so that your comfort level will be there, especially in terms of medicines or special needs. Uh, in terms of food, you should let anybody know if you have a special diet, whether it be a personal choice, vegetarian, vegan, or religious, then uh, your operator should know about this so that these uh, needs can be met. Um, once again, um, I always tell people that you can do anything for two weeks, and it's a nice opportunity to let your hair down, let things go, and have a new experience, because ultimately, you want your experience in Africa to be the best that you've ever had. For many people, it's a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience, so that gets us back to what do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? What do you want this safari to accomplish for you? What's your goal? If it's wildlife, then uh, there are several wildlife-rich areas, um, several ways to participate and recreate and enjoy this kind of a safari. So if it's the big five you're looking for or the little five, then you need to find an operator that operates and understands the seasons, understands where the wildlife is at any given time, and or not at any given time. It's not that simple, um, but the seasons do play a big part on where wildlife is. If it's the rainy season, then your wildlife is going to be dispersed. Um, I guess we're heading into a break and I'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Wildlife. No wild. No life. Big. Scary. Beautiful. Predators are in danger. Without them, our rivers dry up. Our forests don't grow. Our communities go hungry. Our biodiversity crumbles. Wildlife drives our planet's ecosystems. The wild effect. It's in our hands. Ellie founded Wild Eyes Foundation because she loves Africa and to remind us that there are more harmonious and less destructive ways to live on our planet. She does this so we may be able to look inside ourselves and understand the deeper partnerships that connect us all. 
and to take responsibility for our lives and our earth. Africa is one of our last remaining wild places and the origins of humanity. It is irreplaceable. Africa is at a crossroads, on the brink of possibilities. We can choose to let its wildlife be lost forever, or we can help save it. In Africa, it is still possible to make a difference. Visit us at www.wildeyes.org to learn how you can make a difference. We only have one Earth. If we don't care, who will? W-I-L-D-I-Z-E dot O-R-G. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Ellie Weiss and Our Wild World. We want to hear from you. Call into the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. If you'd rather send us an email, please send it to wildeyes at wildeyes.org. That's W-I-L-D-I-Z-E at W-I-L-D-I-Z-E dot O-R-G. Now, back to Our Wild World. Hi there, and if you've just joined us, we're talking about going on safari and how to get the most out of your trip, which could be the trip of a lifetime for you, your first and last um, experience to um, getting and in, into and enjoying Africa. So we left off at understanding what kind of a trip you want to plan, whether it's going for wildlife or whether it's going for culture and uh, choosing the best operator. There are operators that work with con- conservancies and work toward uh, conservation uh, projects. So I, personally, this would be the kind of operator I would suggest. Um, a, through our past shows, we've talked a lot about the economics of conservation and the things that you can do and the things that you can get involved in. And by choosing an operator that is working with on-the-ground conservation projects or has a project of their own, this is a really great way to get a good uh, balanced uh, opportunity to see what's going on. And uh, a portion of your funds, uh, the cost of your trip, usually goes in to supporting these projects. So that leads me into uh, the different kinds of lodges that you could experience. There's the big ones that uh, I'm going to call them hard side or hard buildings. The big lodge uh, that operates through the variety of uh, big companies uh, that uh, provide space for, oh, let's say three to five hundred people. Is that the kind of experience you want? The large dining room, the buffet, um, good food, um, and Probably I'd say give it a two to three star rating. Your uh, accommodations will be beautiful. You'll have showers. You'll have hot water. You'll have a flush toilet. And you'll have food that you're pretty much familiar with, uh, catering to the more Western or European palate. Then there's the uh, smaller boutique camps or the mobile tented camps. Smaller boutique camps can still be um hard-sided in the sense that they are a hard building. There are a lot of people who have uh, started up beautiful and refurbished beautiful old uh, colonial homes and um, turned them into guest houses, and they hold approximately 15 to 20 people, which changes your experience dramatically. You're um, not only in your group on safari, but you're in your group at your camp, and you get a much more personalized experience than uh, at the camps that hold 
a much larger, uh, wider variety of people. Um, also, they provide the transportation and the gear that you need to uh, for your game drives. Um, that is, if you're going on a wildlife-oriented uh, safari and photographic-oriented safari. Then there are the smaller um, special boutique camps, which I find are incredibly wonderful to participate in. They're usually run by longtime locals, um, third or fourth or fifth generation expats that um, started out being European but have made their lives in the country that you're traveling to. And they provide you with a really high-end experience. And some of these camps are just so beautiful. A couple of these that I've stayed at in Kenya would be Sarian Camp, and that's just around the uh, Maasai Mara, around the um, Mara Rianta area. Then there's uh, the other experience, which would be Kichwa Tembo, which is a larger tented camp. Um, it holds a lot of people, but you're still getting that sort of tented experience. Your room is a tent. You will have toilet. You'll have minimal electricity. It runs on generators. You'll have um, charging stations to charge up your gear or your computer, but that's not necessarily in your room. Then there are some of the smaller boutique camps. A beautiful one is the Cotter's 1920s camp in uh, the it, around the Masamara, who also works with... Uh, the Cotter's Wildlife Conservancy Trust. So there are a variety of um, camps that you can participate in, and you can always contact me and Wild Eyes Foundation at www.wildeyes.org or W-I-L-D-I-Z-E at wildeyes.org, and we can uh, help you find uh, a variety of different um, opportunities that will suit the needs that you're looking for. So another thing to remember when you get there is transportation. The roads are not great, um, especially in East Africa. Uh, there's a few paved roads, the big main roads that get you from, uh, let's say, Nairobi down to Mombasa. But um, it's very different. It's not like the highways that we're used to driving on here. The speed is different. The kind of car is different. So transit days can be long. Um, usually when you're planning a safari, it's done by nights, not by days, because you have to have, you have to be somewhere at night. Um, and once you're there, it's not leaving. So, um, I had an experience with some people up in the northern frontier district of Kenya once, where it's a tiny little banda in the middle of the Chalbi Desert in a place called Kalacha, where I work with uh, the tribal women there, the Gabra, not just the women, the, the women and the men. And uh, there's four rooms, and that's it. There is nothing else there. So if you're not enjoying that experience, it's not like you can just get up and go someplace. So once again, keep an open mind and understand and get a good idea of what you're going to be dealing with. And with the Internet today, that's really possible. And your operator can give you pictures and descriptions of what the camp offers and what it doesn't offer so that you get a better idea, a good idea of what you're going to be dealing with while you're on your trip. So if you're going for the smaller boutique kind of opportunity and you've got an open mind and you're looking for some adventure and an experience that you won't get anywhere else, then I suggest um, going for some of these smaller boutique camps and going in some of the out-of-way places that uh, are not surrounded by a lot of people. Um, step off the beaten track. Go do something different because it is an experience that... Uh, 
you won't be able to repeat anywhere else. And uh, another thing to get used to is getting being helped um, in Africa on a, on the safari. Uh, the people are so incredible, and they're so wonderful, and they want to have you have the most wonderful trip possible. So be aware and expect to be helped. Um, have your luggage carried. Um, be waited on. Uh, have coffee delivered to your tent first and thing in the morning. And I'm talking first thing like 4.30 in the morning, especially if you want to go on a game drive. So get used to um, being open-minded and uh, learn to say hello in any language of any country that you're going to go visit. If you can say hello, how are you, in the local language, you have just done an icebreaker that is tremendous. And then you can laugh and say, okay, I speak just enough to get into trouble and not enough to get out. But you've made uh, an an advantage. You've made um, a welcoming sign that you want to get involved. And uh, the other thing to remember is the people who are working at your camp um, have gone through a lot of uh, education or a lot of um, training and are open and waiting and willing to hear what you've got to say. So don't I, – I often run into people who treat the st- camp staff as servants or wait staff, and uh, that's that's a mistake. Enjoy these people. Converse with these people. They have a lot to tell you. They have a lot to share with you, and it will broaden and widen your experience tremendously if you incorporate – understanding and talking with the locals. Don't isolate yourself quite so much. Um, The other thing to remember is uh, listen to the camp managers. Understand the camp guidelines. Understand the camp rules. Um, Be prepared and pay attention and follow what they have to say. Uh, They're setting it up for your safety. And in Africa, where you're surrounded by wildlife in many of these camps, uh, then it's very important to play by the rules and understand the guidelines. It looks like we're heading into a break here. So when we come back, I'm going to talk a little bit more about uh, the experience and the interface between your operator and you, and that is your guide. So when we come back from the break, uh, and if you want to call in, call into our number at, um, oh, goodness, I don't have that in front of me right now. Um, but you can call in. I think it will say it over on the, uh, the commercial that we're coming to. So call in or send me an email at wildize at wildize dot org. If you have any questions or check out our website, you can always contact us and ask your questions and we'll be happy to help you. And we'll be right back. Oh, that call number is 866. 866- Four seven two five seven eight seven. If you have any questions, and we'll be right back after the break. The internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Wildlife. No wild. No life. Big. Scary. Beautiful. Predators are in danger. Without them, our rivers dry up. Our forests don't grow. Our communities go hungry. Our biodiversity crumbles. Wildlife drives our planet's ecosystems. The Wild Effect. 
It's in our hands. Ellie founded Wild Eyes Foundation because she loves Africa and to remind us that there are more harmonious and less destructive ways to live on our planet. She does this so we may be able to look inside ourselves and understand the deeper partnerships that connect us all and to take responsibility for our lives and our Earth. Africa is one of our last remaining wild places and the origins of humanity. It is irreplaceable. Africa is at a crossroads, on the brink of possibilities. We can choose to let its wildlife be lost forever, or we can help save it. In Africa, it is still possible to make a difference. Visit us at www.wildeyes.org to learn how you can make a difference. We only have one Earth. If we don't care, who will? W-I-L-D-I-Z-E dot O-R-G. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to Ellie Weiss and Our Wild World. We want to hear from you. Call into the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. If you'd rather send us an email, please send it to wildeyes at wildeyes.org. That's W-I-L-D-I-Z-E at W-I-L-D-I-Z-E dot O-R-G. Now, back to our wild world. Hello again. If you've just joined us, we're talking about going on safari. So far, we've covered some of the higher-end options, um, staying at the lodges or the smaller boutique camps and understanding uh, your expectations and your goals of this trip. There are, however, other options um, <coughs> Excuse me, that are not quite as hard on the wallet, and those are the volunteering safaris or the self-hire and self-drive safaris. Um, last week or in the past couple of weeks, we were talking with Dr. Dusty Becker of the Maasai Morans Project and Walking Safaris. And as a surprise, we have Dusty here with us today. She's called in to talk a little about some of these um, lower-cost options in the volunteering safaris. Hi, Dusty. Hi, Ellie. It's great to have you. Thanks for joining in. I'm so glad you called. Yeah, I'm enjoying listening to the show this morning and thought I'd just mention I, when you said that um, you kind of have to think about spending $8,000 or more to go on safari, um, I just priced out our volunteer project and our donation fee um, or, or donation is 1650 and it's a two-week th- program. Okay, that's $1,650 for a two-week yeah. trip. And yeah. what does that two-week trip include? It includes, once you're in Nairobi, um, going out by van to the project site, all of the accommodation, which is tenting, it's, it's very primitive tenting, but we're working towards building little cottages, and we now have a shower and a toilet, so things are getting more and more comfortable. It's a community-based project, and the volunteers are actually the guinea pigs or the first tourists that are helping the local people learn how to take care of tourists, learn how to take them on walking safaris. And it's a very, very special program because you're helping the community develop their their own brand of um, walking safaris and ecotourism. 
I'd say your trip offers an unprecedented type of experience, but it also requires a person who has a little bit more um, gumption, a little more spirit of adventure, and uh, is someone who's more ready and willing and wants to participate in being a groundbreaker. And uh, there are a lot of people out there that enjoy this kind of a trip, and it's definitely getting off the beaten path. It's definitely getting outside your typical, let's call it, out-of-Africa, colonial-type safari that you've read about so much where all your needs are met. On a trip like Dusty's talking about, personally, I'd love to take one, um, you're, you're gr- groundbreaking. You're helping set up the camp. So it's not so much just being a tourist, um, but you're also participating in the project. And, the, and how much of that fee, if you don't mind me putting you on the spot, actually go, does it all go toward uh, the project? It's all, yeah, 100% towards the project. I mean, it, it does include helping us get over there. So that's, you know, that's, one, but once you well, share that amongst eight people, that is, you know, a small part of the donation. But somebody, yeah, let, you know, has to leave let, the project. Yeah, let's address that for a minute because a lot of people say, oh, well, what do you mean I'm paying for Dusty and Tony to get over there? Well, well, folks, without Dusty and Tony and the group that they've set up and the project that they've worked so hard to help create and um, I- implement with the Maasai Morans, then you don't have the trip. You You need this ground support. Dusty and Tony and the Morans to help you get the most out of your trip. So it's don't look at it like you're paying their their travel expenses and paying their salary. What you're paying for is their expertise, their knowledge, and their ability to work within the community and provide you with the best experience that you can get and keep you safe because uh, in some of these areas and in tents and I, I I don't know what kind of tents you have do you have wh- what are your tents like well at this at this point um, we have a variety of tents here two person tents three person tents four person tents and we're still asking volunteers to bring their own tent if they would like to if they prefer to have their own tent so um, we, you know we're still at that level but you know in the in the future we're at one of the sites that we we have the walking safari going to, there are regular safari tents. So it's a mix, but we're still okay. needing to have people bring their own tents for part of the walks. Okay, so um, what we're talking about here between bringing your own tent and the regular safari tent is um, the regular safari tent is a large tent that uh, requires a lot of ground support to put up. Um, it has full beds. It will usually have um, either an outside added shower or a general ablutions block where you can shower and wash, and that's shared by people. Or on some of the mobile uh, tented camping sites, that's ensuite, which means you have your own shower and your own bathroom per tent, and it's usually a composting or some type of eco-friendly flushing toilet. Remember, you're being set up in the middle of a wilderness area, not necessarily inside a park. Very rarely are you allowed to do this in the parks or in the reserves, um, but you're setting up a basic system where you have to carry in and carry out 
everything that you need, and that includes your human waste. You've carried it in, and you have to carry it out. You don't get to just go wherever you want, and you have to be eco-friendly. So the kind of experience Dusty's talking about with the Maasai Moran's LifeNetNature.org, please look them up and get involved. They have a trip coming up uh, real soon. When you, isn't it de- December or January? February. Um, February. That, that trip, um, we only have one more space on that trip. So well, there's there's one more space one for more that space. adventurous soul. So be sure to uh, look up lifenetnature.org. Uh, they have one space left on this February trip, which is in the Maasai Mara area of East Africa, Kenya. It's a stunning area, and you get the added experience of working directly with the Maasai Morans who started up this this trip and uh, or started up this project with the help of Tony and Dusty and LifeNet Nature. It's it's a unique experience. I would say if this is uh, what gets your soul ticking and you want to have a spirit of adventure and you're willing to rough it. Um, then I would definitely contact LifeNet Nature and find out when uh, their next. When's your next trip after February, Dusty? Um, it will probably be in the summer around July, and it will be a potentially lower cost because we hope that by, the Maasai will actually be able to host it all with somebody in country rather than Tony and I having to fly over and run it. But then there is the added option of having you and Tony um, and your wealth of expertise what between you between the two of you have what close to some i'm <laughs> not going like to try 70. and date you i was going to say something like 50 to 70 years worth of experience of not only doing these kinds of trips and working with volunteers and understanding what can happen how to take care of people um so don't don't sell yourself short on that or be bringing down the price just because you're not there um i i'd say 1650 is one heck of a price for a safari, especially the kind of adventure that you're talking about. Um, the other places that you can get away with that type of a cost, that um, inexpensive trip would be the self-hire, self-drive kind of trip that you can do in Southwest Africa, meaning Namibia, Botswana, or even Zimbabwe. Um, have you been over there, Dusty? I have. We have. Tony and I did a self-drive um, around Namibia, Botswana, and South Africa, and it was fantastic and very doable. Um, roads are very nice. People are very friendly. Um, camping all over the place. A lot of, of private landowners have have campsites, so um, very doable. We we rented a car in. Lewin Hook. I'm probably not saying that correctly. Vin Hook. Vin Hook. Vin Hook. Yes. Vin Hook in Namibia, and then did a big circle, um, you know, over to Botswana, down to South Africa, and and back. That's an excellent trip, and that's what's so much fun about doing the self hire, self drive. Not only is it less expensive and less hard on the pocketbook. Um, but if you're a good driver and you have a good understanding of how to do off-road and drive uh, the four-wheel drive uh, vehicles such as the Land Rover or the Toyota and the Land Cruisers, then you can have a really excellent trip. And uh, you work, once again, closely with your tour operator. Tell them what you want to do, where you'll be going so that they can help you um, get the best out of your vehicle. And if you need any driving experience, help you learn to drive. 
Um, as Dusty said, the roads over in Namibia and Botswana are incredible. Unlike East Africa, where there's very few paved roads, the main tourist tracks in, uh, in Southwest Africa are paved. Uh, the downside, so to speak, is that you have to stay on these roads. But the upside is that these roads are built for tourists to get the most out of a wildlife area, such as in Namibia, Etosha, up at the, the northern, uh, northern outreaches of the country. Um, it's absolutely stunning. It's easy to get from place to place. Um, and you'll probably end up meeting a lot of people that you saw at your last campground. Dusty mentioned uh, the campgrounds in Namibia and Botswana. They are fabulous, um, especially in Namibia. We, you've got a lot of... Um, I'm going to say infrastructure from South Africa and uh, roads from South Africa that you just don't have in East Africa. The infrastructure is very different. So you've got um, it, it's, it, and it's also set up for campers. It's set up for the self-drive, self-hire, adventurous uh, spirit. And uh, it's an incredible experience. But you, once again, you do need to be careful. You need to be un- understanding that you are driving with wildlife. Um, in or driving through wildlife rich areas it 's not like getting on the freeway in l a or the interstate going from state to state here or the autobahn. You are on um, uh, good roads, but you are driving through wildlife, so you do need to understand and be prepared and know what you 're doing out there and where to camp and Once again, you do have to camp in designated areas you can 't just pull off to the side of the road and pitch your tent because you don 't know what 's there. Um, it's a good idea to get maps. It's an excellent idea to have a GPS. All the maps in Southwest Africa do have GPS coordinates, and you can plan a great trip from uh, coordinate to coordinate and see fabulous landscapes. Um, I did a three-week trip through the um, uh, Central Kalahari Game Reserve, uh, which is about the size of Denmark, and just the small area in the north, which is in uh, Botswana, excuse me. And there you need to bring everything you're going to have. If you want water, if you want food, you need to bring that with you. The campsites are fabulous. They do have ablutions blocks. That means shower and sink area, but there is no water. So you do need to be prepared. So even if you're going to do a self-hire or an adventure safari with um, the Dusty and Tony in LifeNet Nature, it's a good idea to contact and be in touch with your operator so that you understand what you need to bring, um, the expectations, and, and be prepared. It's important to be prepared. Uh, and understand what you're going to face and what you're going to, what you could encounter. The best case scenario is that everything will go well. But, um, if you should have a flat tire or if you should have engine trouble, it's a good idea to have a basic understanding of what, what and where you can get help, where there is no help and how to deal with an emergency. Wouldn't you say so, Dusty? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you, you really want to be prepared for everything. Um, that said, though, I, we we just rented a regular, you know, non four wheel, whatever you call it, a two two so wheel drive. Okay. Um, uh-huh. And when we went into the Kalahari, we linked up with someone who 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 did that sort of um, safari, and so we were able to just go around on the on the easy roads that we were competent at driving on, and felt also at a cheaper cheaper rate because the. Um, four-wheel drives are more expensive to rent, um, and then we would do the four-wheeling with with a you know with a local person who was um, offering that experience. 
Well, there you go. You just brought up a really good point. So even if you decide to do the self-hire, self-drive kind of trip and go for the less expensive option of um, a, a two-wheel drive as opposed to the big old four-wheel mega engines, uh, you make friends pretty easy over there. And just about any of the the little towns that you can stop at along the way, they will offer somebody or somebody may have a vehicle that um, invites you to come along for a day trip as opposed to an overnight schlepping and moving on to your next campsite area. Uh, it's a, that's a good uh, thing to point out is day trips are possible, um, especially in, in Southwest Africa where you're planning your trip day to day and you're, you're, you're kind of winging it by the seat of your pants and deciding where do you want to go next. It's fun because you're not glued to an itinerary and a schedule. Um, you're not glued to staying at a specific place during the, some seasons, though you do need to book ahead. During high seasons, these campgrounds do fill up. So if you are going to do the self-hire, self-drive experience, uh, which is great, I highly recommend it if you, if you enjoy roughing it a bit more and don't want to be catered, every whim catered to and take care of yourself, it's a great experience. Um, but you do need to book ahead. You do need to look into these things. You do need to understand what you need to be prepared for and uh, what you need to bring and uh, how to pack and how to travel light uh, as opposed to carrying over a lot of gear. Um, do you have anything else to add, Dusty? No, um, just that I'm still trying to get in touch with the Maasai, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're still trying to work on uh, getting the Maasai Morans over in Kenya connected on Skype. We're getting closer, but we're not quite there yet. So one of these days we will have them connected. Um, it's it's different uh, connectivity over there. They don't have broadband and uh, internet and Wi-Fi hotspots wherever you go like we have here. So that's another thing to remember when you're on safari is your uh, communications. So they do have cell phones. They have what we call Go phones. You can get your unlocked U.S. phone and put in a SIM card that is uh, geared toward the country and the uh, provider that you're in. But uh, you, you purchase minutes uh, as you go. It's not like you get um, the, the contract that we have here. So communications are an important thing if you do want to be in communication while you're on safari with all your friends and family back home. It's a good thing to understand uh, with your tour operator or the lodge or the uh, uh, experience that you're setting up. So we'll get back into that. We're going into a break and we'll see you in a few min- in a minute or so. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Wildlife. No wild, no life. Big, scary, beautiful. Predators are in danger. Without them, our rivers dry up. Our forests don't grow. Our communities go hungry. Our biodiversity crumbles. Wildlife drives our planet's ecosystems. The wild effect. It's in our hands. Ellie founded Wild Eyes Foundation because she loves Africa and to remind us that there are more harmonious and less destructive ways to live on our planet. She does this so we may be able to look inside ourselves and understand the deeper partnerships that connect us all and to take responsibility for our lives and our Earth. 
Africa is one of our last remaining wild places and the origins of humanity. It is irreplaceable. Africa is at a crossroads, on the brink of possibilities. We can choose to let its wildlife be lost forever, or we can help save it. In Africa, it is still possible to make a difference. Visit us at www.wildeyes.org to learn how you can make a difference. We only have one Earth. If we don't care, who will? W-I-L-D-I-Z-E dot O-R-G. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Ellie Weiss and Our Wild World. We want to hear from you. Call into the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. If you'd rather send us an email, please send it to wildeyes at wildeyes.org. That's W-I-L-D-I-Z-E at W-I-L-D-I-Z-E dot O-R-G. Now, back to our wild world. Welcome back, and we're talking about are you going on safari? Um, and if you are and you'd like some more information or some help in setting up your trip or help in finding a good operator, you can certainly contact uh, Wild Eyes Foundation at uh, www.wildeyes.org or email me, Ellie Weiss, at W-I-L-D-I-Z-E dot uh, at wild at wildeyes.org. Goodness, I don't even know my own email today. So we've been talking about uh, what to expect and what to look for and what to plan for. Um, if you're going to be planning your first safari, those of you that have been there before, you're old hands, and uh, we can certainly help you find new experiences across Africa and fulfill a variety of expectations. But it is up to you to understand what your expectations are and to have a goal in mind, whether it's a wildlife photographic safari, a cultural safari, or um, an archaeological type safari where you're looking for more history. But any kind of safari that you're on, don't forget to... Um, Participate and be open to new experiences and talk to the people that you're with, not just your fellow tourists and fellow um, trip goers, but talk to the people that you're surrounded with, the people that work at the lodges and the camps. There's a variety of kinds of lodges. There's a large hard-sided uh, type experience where you feel like you're in a hotel and you go for game drives and you come back for breakfast and lunch and, and dinner and all that's set up for you and most of your needs are met and you're waited on and it's a wonderful experience um, to the tented camp experience, which is still similar to a lodge, holds a lot of people. Um, uh, but you're going to be surrounded in the like the dining room with a few hundred people as opposed to 20 people or um, at some of the smaller boutique camps, 10 to 12 people. Um, each of these kinds of camps offers a different experience. And uh, sometimes the smaller, the better. You're not going to be surrounded by uh, a lot of vehicles out there. There's the private reserves and the private game ranches. Uh, most of them offer some sort of a lodge and uh, game drive type experience and it's quieter. You're not going to be going out and be surrounded by 20 or 30 vehicles when you come across a cheetah or a leopard or a lion. Um, and as I had said, uh, your guide is your, your guide driver. Um, 
they're not always the same thing. Somebody who can drive a car is not necessarily the same thing as a good guide. So your guide is your most important interface to your experience and will make or break your day while you're out there. So you want a good guide, and these are all questions you should be asking your tour operator. Don't hesitate to ask these questions. It's your experience, it's your money, and it's your trip. So you want to get the most out of this trip, and the operator should be able to provide answers for this. And um, you need to understand what those uh, expectations are. Um, if it's a wildlife safari, then you need to pay attention and behave appropriately and accordingly to the wildlife areas. Follow the rules. Pay attention to the guidelines. They're set up for your experience and for your safety. Um, and as I had said, learn to say hello. If you can say hello in the local language, then you've... Uh, done an icebreaker and bridged a gap right there and uh, be open to new experiences as i said you can do anything for two weeks you can go without a shower for four or five days as long as you're having a really good good time um, you can sleep in a tent you can sleep in a sleeping bag you can sleep on a cot it's all about the experience and opening your mind to a once-in-a-lifetime experience or at least setting up for what an experience that you may want to do again if uh, this is a once-in-a-lifetime experience, then get the most out of it. If it uh, is a setup experience where you know you want to go back, then find a tour operator and a trip that gives you a taste of a variety of things so that you can figure out what you would like to give your next trip to. There are a variety of um, kinds of safaris that uh, are either easy or hard on the wallet, depending on what you want to get out of the trip, uh, what kind of adventure, what kind of experience you want. We were talking with Doc, Dr. Dusty Becker of LifeNetNature.org, who offers uh, walking safaris with the Maasai Morans and Walking Safari Conservation Group in Kenya, and this would be an incredible experience. They have one spot left on their upcoming trip in February, and the next trip should probably be in, uh, will probably be around summer, so contact uh, lifenetnature.org. That's an unparalleled experience. I would say it's for the adventure spirit and the, the younger crowd, or at least physically fit and healthy. Um, if That doesn't mean you have to be physically fit and prime health to go on safari because operators can certainly meet special needs, special diets, and uh, deal with handicapped uh, disadvantages and deal with medicines. But once again, it's your responsibility to let the tour operator operator know what your expectations are so that they can help manage these expectations and uh, so that you don't come along disappointed. And uh, the biggest thing is to go with a spirit of adventure. Um, I had hoped to get into some of the gear that you might need uh, to go on safari, but I think we'll save that for another show. And it looks like we're wrapping up here. So if you have questions or you'd like to have uh, to know more, please contact me at, uh, or look at our website at www.wildeyes.org or email me at wildeyes at wildeyes.org. I'm more than happy to answer your questions. Uh, I've been working in Africa for close to 20 years. I've had a huge variety of experiences and expertise and uh, can certainly help you uh, wrap your mind around a trip and uh, get going so that you can have a fabulous time in Africa, no matter what it is you want to do, uh, whether it's going to Ethiopia 
and seeing the uh, ancient ruins up at Addis Ababa, to a walking safari with LifeNet Nature, to a variety of experiences from a, let's say, hard-sided uh, hotel-type camp down to the boutique. Uh, we can help you set up a trip from uh, East Africa, Kenya, Tanzania, uh, at, all the way to Southwest Africa, Namibia, Botswana, Zimbabwe. We can help you set up... Um, uh, a trip that where you're volunteering your time if you want to get involved and help conservation along or work with an operator who has a, a, a conservation project going. Uh, once again, I suggest that you um, filter through and choose your operator with care because that is uh, the guide to your experience and the people that they provide their staff who will be interfacing directly with you, will shape your experience. So the more you prepare and research and understand what it is you want to get out of your trip, the better your trip will be and the better you'll be able to um, choose the best operator to meet your expectations. And uh, in the meantime, have fun, gear up, go on safari, and today enjoy our wild world. Step outside, step on the grass, connect with nature, and we'll see you again next week. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us this week. Be sure to tune in next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Our Wild World with your host, Ellie Weiss, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think about living with wildlife during the coming week and what you can do right now. 